We're in Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. If you'll take your Bibles or mobile devices, the text will be on our screen uh, as I read. Just get, I'm going to jump in right into our text. Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 36. After some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul insisted that they should, take, should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with them to the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, and after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord, he traveled to Syria, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. A lot has happened to advance the gospel. Taylor preached last week about the Jerusalem Council and how the Holy Spirit used Paul and Barnabas in this meeting to report about the salvation of the Gentiles. And we know that it is true that all are saved by the blood of Christ and nothing separates us. Not our backgrounds, our cultures, our nationalities, but all are saved by the grace of God. This summer when we were organizing and scheduling these messages in the books, book of Acts, I suggested that we use this text and volunteered to preach it this morning. I've always been fascinated about this text. It's always interested me. I guess because it's always been a, a sad text to me. Now, I know there's a lot of sad scripture uh, a lot of sad stories recorded in Scripture. I mean, you've got the fall of man, the flood, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, the 40-year wilderness of the Israelites. I mean, the entire book of Judges is disturbing. Of course, you've got Peter's denial of Jesus. But this story is sad to me because one of the best-known teams in Scripture separates Scripture includes a lot of impressive teams and relationships. You have Moses and Aaron, those two brothers that led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And you know, Moses was that guy that had that burning bush experience. Joshua and Caleb were two spies who believed in God's promise that God would lead Israel into the promised land. And they were the only two adults who left Egypt that actually entered in the promised land. Joshua was the successor of Moses, and Caleb at age 85 declared, give me this hill country. Some people will say that Caleb said, give me this mountain, as he was wanting to go into the promised land, recorded in Joshua 14. You've got Jonathan and David. Now, they weren't necessarily a team, but... They were close friends and was an example of commitment and dedication through difficult times. You've got Aquila and Priscilla, a husband and wife team who ministered in the early church and were fellow tent makers and were close friends with Paul. Then you have Paul and Bartimus, a great church planting team 
and the adventures they must have had. The Jerusalem Council sent them back to Antioch to report their acceptance of the Gentile believers' salvation through faith alone. And that was a major decision that helped advance the gospel at that time in the early church. And then verse 35, it says, But Paul and Barnabas, along with many others, remained in Antioch, teaching and proclaiming the word of the Lord. Everything was going great. And then we see a second visit planned. Verse 36. After some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Our text begins with, After some time had passed, Paul and Barnabas had been preaching and teaching and ministry was going well and the unity among the believers and some after some time passed, Paul was ready for another mission trip. He was ready to get on the road again. Paul must have had a traveling bug. He must have been an adventurer. At least I hope he was an adventurer with all the experiences he had on his missionary journeys. But Paul enjoyed traveling. Even before he was saved, he traveled. I believe God gave Paul a desire to travel and gave him his passion for the Gentile world to spread the gospel. John MacArthur said, Every time Paul saw a ship ready to sail that he wanted to get on board and take the gospel to his destination. He also said that Paul, when Paul saw a mountain, he thought, I ought to cross that mountain and find the people on the other side to share the gospel. Paul was a passionate man. He was a man driven by desire to communicate Christ. And he was a tremendously motivated man. Paul suggested returning to the new churches to visit the believers. Discipleship is very important. And Paul understood that. We understand this principle. We understand the importance of follow-up, of going and ongoing relationships and new believers and new partners in ministry. We understand this within our church family and within our small groups. Our CareFec leaders enjoy the importance of discipleship and follow-up. I enjoy reading the weekly reports and I enjoy seeing Steve Barnett's Facebook pictures each week at the Elysian Fields feeding ministry and preaching site. We have teams going to the Oz led by Terry Arsenault and Orleans Parish Prison led by Sam Deano and Pam, I mean, Pat Keenan, Brevard Ministry led by Frank Calinato, Inward Ministry led by Denise Deano, Jefferson Healthcare led by Wanda Gregg, and a new ministry just began with our VA hospital led by Taylor Rutland and Don Banks, and meals will be delivered again on Wednesday afternoons after our Care Effect ministry begins next month. Our leaders are dedicated and excited as they go to their ministry sites each week. Relationships are developed as the different teams learn the challenges and struggles people are experiencing. Leaders pray in the different groups as they minister and teach God's truth. Not only do we have teams involved in local ministry, but we have teams travel internationally to do missions and ministry. We as a church have sent teams to Ghana and China and Zimbabwe. Andrew Crosby, our missions minister, 
led a group to Zimbabwe just uh, a month ago, and we heard their report in this service several weeks ago and how exciting it was to see what God was doing. Our church has developed a close relationship with Britt and Allison Barnhill with Reclaimed Ministries. And when you talk to Andrew and those other mission team, other mission team members, you see the excitement and their passion for ministry. The Holy Spirit changes the heart that hears and accepts the gospel and he strengthens the heart of the missionary, both locally and internationally. Those of you who are involved in Care Effect Ministries have developed unique bonds with your ministry partners. You have memories that you will remember for the rest of your lives. Co-teachers in our small groups have developed special relationships as they minister together. Partners in ministry share a special spiritual bond. Can you imagine the excitement of Paul and Barnum's experience as they plan to return to these new churches? Can you imagine how eager they were to see old friends and, and meet new ones? Their excitement only increased as they made plans. We see a second visit planned, but then we see a second chance requested. In verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with them to work. Plans were being made, and suddenly something happened. Barnabas wanted to take John Mark. Who was John Mark or, or Mark? Well, we read in Acts 12, 2, that Mark's mother, Mary, owned the house there in Jerusalem where a church met. It was that house where Paul went to after the angel let him out of prison. Mark was very familiar with God's work. Mark was also Barnabas' cousin. He was the writer of the second gospel, and Mark possibly included himself in Mark 14 as, a young, as he recorded a young man that followed Jesus wearing a linen cloth. And after Jesus was taken by the guards to be tried, the young man left his linen cloth and ran away naked. What was Paul's issue with Mark? Well, we have one verse. Acts 13, 13. Paul and his companions set sail for Pappas and came to Perga and Pamphylia, but John Mark left them and went back to Jerusalem. But John Mark left them and went back to Jerusalem. That's it. That's the text. That's the, and it, we don't have any other details than that. He just left. And it's very interesting what commentators have recorded of, and speculated why Mark left the team. Or in other words, why he quit. Commentators suggest that he was sick. He had an illness. And he returned to Jerusalem for medical attention. I think that's understandable. Another speculation was he wasn't just sick, he was homesick. 
And one writer said that he went home to mama. This young man looked ahead and saw the, uh, that he was immature in his faith and, and he was an inexperienced missionary and possibly just wasn't ready for the demanding travel and spiritual challenges of a mission trip. And those who have led mission trips understand the importance that every member needed to be spiritually prepared. Another speculation that he was just lazy. His commitment was not quite as strong as he thought. This young, young man looked ahead and saw the early, easiest part of the journey was behind him. Ahead of them were the long mountain trails, possibly in unfriendly towns. Perhaps it was more than, more than what he had bargained for. They had landed in Perga, and he experienced the humid region of Pamphylia, and he had looked at those steep mountains and all the supplies that he had to carry and just lost his motivation to continue. Plus, the roads in that area were known for bandits and robbers, and the journey was not only physically demanding, but it was dangerous. Travel was hard. Mark's departure was not only a personal disappointment, but it was a physical burden for the rest of the missionary team. Then there's a fourth speculation, that there was actually tension between Barnabas and Paul. It was simply a trust issue. Some commentators recorded that there had been issues at work beyond the disagreement over Mark. In Galatians chapter 2, it recorded an event that had created a bit of distance between Paul and Barnabas. Peter had visited Antioch and had originally enjoyed the table with Gentile believers, but then some men of the circumcision party visited Antioch, and Peter declined to eat with the Gentiles because he feared the Jews. Paul called out Peter on this, and actually mentioned Barnabas as well in Galatians 2, where it says, to the Jews joined him in hypocrisy, so that their hypocrisy, even Barnabas, was led astray. This is certainly possible that this event had been in the back of their minds in which they never forgot. Regardless of the speculation, the point is that no one truly knows why Mark left the team. Barnabas wanted to give Mark a second chance. After all, Barnabas was called the son of encouragement. It was Barnabas who believed in Paul and convinced other believers to accept Paul after his conversion. Everyone was afraid of Paul except for Barnabas. It was Barnabas who convinced the other believers to accept Paul. We well, may be tempted to say, come on, Paul. Give Mark a break. What's the big deal? But you know, there's always two sides to every argument. I can hear Paul ask Barnabas, Barnabas, are you sure Mark is ready for another mission trip? Are you sure? Is he really ready? But that's not what happened. We see a second team formed in verse 39. 
They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord and traveled through Syria, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. The Message Bible paraphrases verse 39 like this. Tempers flared and they ended up going their separate ways. The disagreement between the two missionaries was sharp. Chuck Swindoll stated the word sharp disagreement could be described as a strong disagreement or explosion. A modern day interpretation of this is no way, no way are we doing this. Both men had strong convictions, but neither would com compromise or give in. It's fascinating that Luke included this event. And I am puzzled why he didn't include more details about the separation of these close friends that were missionary partners. I personally need more details on this. What can the Holy Spirit teach us this morning? Swindoll also explained that Barnabas focused on people and Paul focused on principles. Barnabas was concerned about his cousin and Paul was concerned about the mission. Barnabas wanted to invest in the future of a promising minister. But Paul wanted to invest in the salvation of souls and the future of Christianity. Who was right? I don't know. But I know this was a long time before Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It's not arrogant. It is not rude and is not self-seeking. It is not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. This chapter includes some good reminders for us. First, the early church had problems, both relational problems and spiritual problems. Second, it's a comfort that Paul and Barnabas were human and they forgave each other. The Holy Spirit gives us grace and mercy and hope to do that. The enemy tried to defeat this missionary team, but what happened? Instead of one missionary team, the conflict created two. And you know, only God can do that. Only God can put the pieces back together and do His work. I want to share some ministry lessons from our text. First, we're reminded that conflict happens even in ministry. After conflict happens, we need to choose a resolution. Choose an agreement. Choose a settlement. Focus on the positive details and move forward. It might have been, might be just to agree to disagree. That is what Paul and Barnabas did. 
For any positive action to continue, conflicts must be resolved. Unresolved conflicts causes further division and disharmony. Concentrating and focusing on conflict and negatives in the situation creates the possibility for further problems. Second, after conflict is resolved, continue in ministry. This is sort of an obvious detail. But we, we should continue to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit has called us to do. That's what Paul and Barnabas did. We don't read that they blamed each other. They didn't blame God. They didn't blame the church. They didn't feel sorry for themselves. They, didn't, uh, they weren't mad because they didn't get their way. But they continued to serve God. They didn't grumble. They didn't complain. And they didn't protest about each other. We have all seen unhappy Christians because their joy and service has been disrupted. Our conflicts and disputes will not stop God's work, but they will interrupt our obedience to Him. If we're not careful to follow Christ and remain obedient to Him, we will always stumble and fall. Any sin can cause a spiritual disruption in our relationship with the Father. Cain was angry. Samson was lustful. Moses was insecure. David committed adultery and was a murderer. The rich young ruler was selfish. Peter was scared and Judas was prideful. We must be faithful and we must make up our minds to continue no matter what is going around going on around us our main goal is to serve Christ to serve Christ every hour of the day every day of the week and every um, day of the month we must our focus must be on Christ and our identity and our first love we must not give up no matter what happens in our lives or in our churches in our city in our country, or in our world. We are surrounded by conflicts and problems, and it is easy to become discouraged and distracted. But we must not quit. We must continue. That's what Paul and Barnabas did. They worked through a major disappointment and continued in ministry. And we should too. A third lesson is after conflict is settled, forgiveness is necessary for reconciliation. I mentioned at the beginning of this message that I was, a little, was sad, or this text made me a little sad because of Paul and Barnabas' separation. They were a powerful missionary team, and I believe they had a special bond of friendship. They met because Barnabas saw Christ in Paul in Paul's life before anybody did. The son of encouragement believed in people. And his ministry was investing in the lives one by one. Up to this point, Barnabas was investing in and encouraging Paul. And is it possible that their partnership was temporary because Their call for ministry and their spiritual gifts were different. Paul was called to be a world, 
was called to worldwide missions. And Barnabas was called to recognize and encourage individuals who needed it. Eventually, their different purposes took them in different directions. Their dispute over this young disciple that became the occasion of their separation. Paul thought Mark had proven himself unreliable, but Barnabas believed that he was worth another chance. They settled their difference of opinion with a solution that allowed each of them to continue to pursue their calling of ministry. Something important may have been lost if they had stayed together. Events proved that Barnabas' investment with Paul was successful, I mean, with, with Mark was successful. He became a dependable disciple. Paul later recognized Mark's ministry and maturity. God does not give up on weak people, and we should not give up on each other. Paul discovered that those who are weak today may become those who we lean on tomorrow. Paul mentioned Mark in the closing of the Colossian letter and instructed the Colossian believers to welcome him when he was able to visit them. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, he asked him to bring Mark to visit him in prison because he would be useful to me in my ministry. Philemon 24, Paul described Mark as a co-worker. And as far as the relationship with Paul and Barnabas, Paul mentions Barnabas as a missionary partner in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Even though these two friends had a sharp disagreement, God worked through this event to expand the kingdom. Barnabas and Mark went to Cyprus while Paul and Silas traveled through Syria. Cilicia strengthened the churches. And this was the last reference to Barnabas recorded in the book of Acts. Luke shifts his focus to Paul and his missionary trips. According to tradition, the trip to Cyrus, Cyprus, the new missionary team Barnabas and Mark, successfully planted churches in northern Africa. I am grateful that Mark had a second chance and finished strong. Is there someone here this morning that has unfinished work for God? This is our reminder this morning that we serve a faithful, a loving, and merciful God that gives us chance after chance after chance. Just want to ask you if there is a ministry that you need to become engaged in or to rejoin, or has there been a time of service that you dropped out of and you need to become involved in again? This is your reminder to do that. It's also a reminder that if you're in a relationship that you need to ask for forgiveness or if you need to forgive someone, now is the time to do that. Where we can serve 
and unity as we minister in this city, in our state, and throughout the world. There may be someone here this morning that has not given your life to Christ. And today is the day of salvation. Where the Holy Spirit may be speaking to your heart. And now is the time for you to ask the Holy Spirit to make you a new creation. That you will be changed, that your life will be changed because of our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. We're gonna, I'm going to pray and then you'll have an opportunity to come down and, and talk to one of our ministers. If you would like to make a decision, if you need to pray with someone about your service and how to get involved in our church, we have many opportunities for you to do that. Pray with me. God, our Father, we do thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you for using us in your kingdom work and for reminding us that you are a God of second chances. You are a God of forgiveness. You are a God that chooses to use us in our faults and our disappointments. God, you're a healing God. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you. Lord, I pray for those who need to make a decision today for you, whether to come engaged and, and uh, recommitted in ministry uh, or to relationships. Lord, I pray for those children who were in vacation Bible school that have made decisions for you. And Lord, we do pray that seeds were planted for future service for you. We pray for those who have given their lives to you. And we thank you for the opportunity to serve you. God, we love you. We thank you for this church family. I thank you for the encouragers that are here. And I pray that you continue to use us in all that we do. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.